Welcome to the How to Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis. And today I'm so excited to have a second appearance from the lovely Marilee Jacobs and Paul Kinnemer. How are you guys today? We're doing great. great. It's good to see you. Thank you. And you guys are from Eating You Alive. Paul was the director and you guys co-produced this documentary, which originally came out in the fall of 2016, correct? Correct. And so... Pre-release screenings. And so now we're going to talk about just kind of your story again and revisit it and kind of where we're headed now with Eating You Alive because there's some very exciting things happening next week that everyone should stay tuned for and think about. And I am beyond excited. But since you guys were only my very second podcast interview and I felt like I was interviewing stars. It was like so cool. And <laughs> I was like, it was, just you know, plan all No, no, you guys are awesome. So I was just so tickled. I was like, I got to interview them. So awesome. So and here you guys again. So thank you again for taking time right today to let me talk to you. And that means a lot. And um so we can get started. Where was Eating You Alive born from? Because every every great idea and creation has a start. So where was that for you? We, uh, we actually met with Dr. Mike Holly in Chattanooga uh, and, and a couple of people that work with him in a program called Dinner with a Doctor. And they get together once a month at the beginning of every month and they do a seminar program for people and teach them about eating whole food plant-based. And so uh, we knew nothing about that type of a lifestyle or anything. And so like I said, we met on a Sunday morning. They told us about what they were doing because they were wanting us to provide some some assets to help them with their seminar program. So uh, as they talked us through it, they said uh, it will reverse disease and all these different assets, benefits that come from it. And I was, uh, I thought, Mary, why don't we, I left there. And of course, honestly, I'm very skeptical, so I didn't believe it, to be honest. But I thought, what do I have to lose? So I'd love to try this. My problem is I can't cook. So I called Marilee and I said, Marilee, would you be interested in doing this? And she said, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll do this. So I said, great. Uh, I watched Forks Over Knives that evening and I said, I got to do this. I got to give it a shot just to see, because my dad had had uh, a heart attack, stroke, you know, bypass surgery, and all those types of things that so many Americans, we all kind of deal with in our families. And so um, I, Marilee said she'd go along with it. So we went in the next day to our whole our company, whole production team, and said, guys, we want to try something. Would you guys like to join us? And they said, yeah. So we all kind of went down this path as a group, and, uh, and it changed our lives, every one of us. Uh, and for me personally, uh, my biggest thing was in six weeks, I dropped 45 pounds, went back to my high school weight. Uh, after three weeks, I had lost, like I had tendonitis in both elbows in, in our profession, that's not a good thing. Uh, both elbows, I had rotator cuff issues. I couldn't run anymore. So I wasn't able to exercise. In three weeks, all that was gone. And of course, I didn't give credence to the diet because I didn't think that was possible. But uh, in retrospect, obviously, I know that's what it was. So it changed my life. Merrily has got her sports, but our whole production team lost around 500 pounds. Wow. And again, <laughs> weight loss is not, as we all know, weight loss is not necessarily the the goal here, the end goal, but it's just sort of a byproduct, and it was phenomenal. I mean, with your skin and all these different things, you just transform your body, your mind, and soul. So that was that was one of the greatest things. And so it put us on this path where this is a story that we've got to tell, but we didn't want to make it about us. 
because I wouldn't believe me. <laughs> I had to have physicians tell us these stories. I think people that had gone through these massive changes in reverse diseases. And so that's what we did. We went on a mission of going out and as a producer and located these people and brought these people in. We were able to interview them. That was the birth of Eating Real Life. That is incredible. So now you also had um, extended family have benefits as well, right? Your sister in particular? My sister reversed her rheumatoid arthritis after nine months of living this way. She had been diagnosed at, at uh, eight years of age and had been oh since that point. And she would have been uh, mid fifties. And for the oh. first time since age eight, she was off all medications and was able to actually go out and play with a grandson in the snow at 10 o'clock at night and get up in the morning at six o'clock in the morning and exercise and work out instead of taking an hour for her body to wake up and feel like she could move around. So it just changed her life. My mother, uh, she thought I was crazy, was scared that I had cancer because I was dropping weight so fast. You know how that goes. And, but she, after uh, she went to the doctor and found out that she had over 50% blockage in her carotid artery. So at that point she said, you know, I think I'm gonna give this a try because she was scared. And so she did. And almost three months to the day of changing her lifestyle, she, she went back and had complete, uh, literally went back and her reverse of disease was less than 20% blockage in three months. So that really made a serious believer out of her, of course. And it just, re, you know, again, it undergirded all our thought process that we had all had. And so it's very rewarding. And so it's impacted my children and far beyond within my family. Cool. And Mary Lee, how about you? You know, I, did, I don't have as dramatic a story to tell because uh, I didn't lose 45 pounds. I, I didn't have that much to lose. Uh, but, but she wasn't fat like that. I did it. I'm not going to say that. But, <laughs> but I, did, uh, I did drop about 15 pounds and go back to, you know, my high school weight. And uh, my, she's now 19, but my 19-year-old daughter and I, she's like skinny as a beanpole much taller than I am, mind you, but we wear about the same size now. So it's kind of fun. You know, when she comes home, she goes, oh, hey, mom, can I borrow this out of your closet? <laughs> cool. now, only if I can borrow something of yours, you know? So, I mean, that, that's a very cool thing. But aside from that, I, I was having more issues with um, just kind of fatigue and skin, you know, skin issues. Particularly with dairy, my, my thing was dairy. Love, love, love cheese. Um, I was a closet cheese eater as well as just eating it out in the open. So it's like anywhere I could have it, I would have it. And, but when I ate dairy, I was noticing some digestive issues and some gastrointestinal, gastrointestinal issues. That's a mouthful. But, and then my face would break out. Like, Within an hour or so, I would start getting these little bumps, you know, underneath the skin that were sore. It was just kind of crazy. And, and of course, all of that went away, you know. Oh. And my, my dad had had a heart attack um, as well, scared us to death. He was, I think, if I remember correctly, he had like 85% uh, block on the back, on the artery that feeds it from the back that they couldn't stint. Uh, and then a 90% blockage on the front. And they did stint that one. But he just went, and it's been five years, he just went back to his cardiologist and they did like this full workup on him and checked him out, scanned him, whatever. And there's absolutely no plaque in any of his arteries. It's gone. And so he was like, that's crazy, right? And he was, his, his uh, cardiologist said, what are you doing? 
And he says, well, I just changed the way I'm eating. And he's like, no, <laughs> yes, you know. So he's like, well, what are you eating? So dad tells us, he goes, man, that's all right. You're like, you know, my dad is uh, 81. Yeah, my dad's 81. So wow. that was really cool. Uh, and I think, you know, just seeing how it's impacted different family members has been very affirming and confirming of our decision to, to do this. And in the film itself, um, it's very rewarding to see people watch the film and be inspired to make the change because that's really all we wanted anyway. You know, that it was really that trigger point. We wanted to be somehow somewhat impactful in some small way to lead people down the path to let them make this decision on their own and then experience those results. And, and it's been re very rewarding from that perspective. I can only imagine when you have, because you <clears throat> have far-reaching far consequences and, and ripple effects of all of this. So that's just, I know when I hear stories of patients that we have helped from years ago and then they help someone, that's really cool. So I can only imagine even since the beginning when you guys have released it, what are some of your favorite stories that you've heard? Um, what, what incredible recoveries or reversal disease have you come across? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it had, you know, that's so cool because we, people are emailing us now, um, the ones who saw the film and that few of the pre-release screenings that were out there. Uh, we had one gentleman uh, named Carl. Carl, I love you if you're listening to this. Um, but he came and saw a screening where we were uh, doing one at Sundance Cinema in uh, L.A. Um, a year ago this last December. And he and his sister, I guess, hadn't been to the theater forever. He said he never went to the theater. And he was, his daughter-in-law got into talking about how she made some pizza crust with cauliflower or whatever, and he was fascinated by that. And he had tons of medical issues, cardiovascular disease. I believe he had multiple stents and issues and um, had some, some issues with being able to breathe. He couldn't really go out and exercise. You know, he just, he just didn't have it in him. And that led to, you know, other issues. You, you get depressed when you're in that stage. You can't really enjoy life and live life. And, and he was accepting the fact that his life was the way it was. You know how that Yeah, it, and it was over. He, he, was, he was going to be limited from this point on with what he could do in his life because his health was obviously just happening. So, I'm talking to him after that screening and everything. And you know, some people get it and they go for it. And he did. And the next day he said, that's when he started. The next day he started, he jumped in all the way. It wasn't any waiting in the water, doing slow transitional things. He, he dove all in. And he started emailing us and sending us his updates on his lab reports and things. And uh, I kept tabs on him and, and he reversed everything, got off all of his medications, lost weight, was feeling better, would tell me that he was now walking, you know, three miles a day or whatever. And then um, there was a period of time where I didn't talk to him for a while, hadn't heard from him. I reached out to him to say, hey, how are you doing? And I started getting a little concerned, you know? And after about two weeks and I'd sent him a couple emails, I get this email back and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. He said, uh, I, I've been on the road. I felt so good. I decided I was going to move out of LA and move to Las Vegas. And I've been spending all a couple of weeks just tootling around Utah and seeing all these great sites because I never was able to do that before. And now I've been living what I never thought I'd be able to do ever. 
and it's been such a dream and thank you very much you know it's like we didn't do that you did all that <laughs> we were the vehicles for the message but that's just one story you know there's another one uh, uh, a lovely lady who is in salt lake city and i believe she uh worked she worked with us at a screening there i don't know she had something to do with the projection or assistant uh manager there but when we did the screening she came and watched um and then she brought her parents and husband the next night and she decided to do the same thing, turned her life around. And she's sent us a few emails and now some pictures where she's lost like a hundred pounds. And, you know, she's so excited. She, she goes hiking now regularly and loves to hike and people have a hard time keeping up with her, you know, and it's just, that's just crazy, you know, to, to hear stories like that. It makes you feel so good about, you know, the effort that you put into wanting to do just that, but it actually comes to fruition. So. I mean, that's really cool. So you collectively lost 500 pounds. About, around 500 pounds as a team, yeah. So how many people is that actually? Uh, was it six people? Yeah, six people, 500 pounds, yeah. Yeah, and then the funny thing about it is I wouldn't have, <laughs> this is, this makes sense, I wouldn't have looked at our team and thought, where are we at? We know, we're pretty obese people here. <laughs> but the reality of it is we kind of were. And because you just sort of get in this frame of mind that uh, we're supposed to be, when you get older, you're supposed to carry some extra weight. That's just normal. And I had no idea that, you know, I had no idea that I could lose 45 pounds effortlessly. And feel so much better. I had no idea that I had that much spare weight. So. You know, actually, in speaking to that, I think this is what we've noticed. And it's, and it's sad uh, from one perspective, because I don't, I know people are very sensitive to what they term fat shaming now. So I'm not speaking to fat shaming. We should never make fun of people oh, no. or anything like that, you know, because everybody's struggling with things. But here's what I've noticed, and that is I think our society has become so, I don't know if it's our, our, our mindset or our view is perverted in this way because we've been so abnormal for so long that we look at abnormal and think that's normal now, but in all commercials now and clothing stores and things, it's always the, the um, larger uh, woman, you know, clothing. You're starting to see people of a more abnormal weight, health from health perspective, uh, be put out there and this being accepted as being normal. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a really, frightening place to be because it's not about the weight you carry it's what the indication of that weight that you carry what it means for your body for your organs for your joints and what other things are going on in the body um, with the carrying of that extra weight it's a, it's a side effect of what's going on inside and and i think what's scary is that we're starting to accept this as being normal and you know, there's nothing wrong with it, and we're actually starting to promote it now as being just accepted. And the fact of the matter is, what we're accepting is that there's something going on there that may not exhibit itself as a problem right now, but down the road, it's going to be a host of chronic illness issues mm -hmm. and diseases that are going to incapacitate that person. And I think that's a it's something we're not really looking at and talking about right now, but it's very much an issue, I think. 
I would 100% agree, um, even 110%, because as a physician, I see the side effects of someone carrying around even extra 20 pounds, much less 40, 50, 60. And I'm all about people, acceptance, you have a scar, you have disfigurement, whatever, you carry the 20 pounds. You know what? The problem is, though, that tells me that you're at higher risk for early death, you're at higher risk for type 2 diabetes, cancers, heart disease, stroke, all of those things start stacking up against you with the extra weight. And you're exactly right. People go to you, you're just too thin. You don't look healthy. It's like, no, healthy is the weight that, you know, a normal weight that a human's supposed to carry around. You don't walk around in nature and see other animals obese and eating, you know, they don't have those problems. They don't go to the, it's not normal to be on medications. Some people get very offensive um, are defensive about it whenever you do bring that up. It's not normal to be on chronic pain medications. It's not normal to have type 2 diabetes or heart disease. These things are not normal. And to accept it means that we're going to accept a, a life less lived. And that's how I see it, but 100%. So I'm all about the positive message, but geez, come on. We got to be realistic too. So yeah. well, I, think it's hard. I think we get defensive because people don't like to think that they've done this to themselves. You know, it's easier. We live in a society, too, that wants to blame everybody else for our ills. And it's hard to accept responsibility. We don't want to do that. Um, and, and I think that's why when you start talking about food-related illnesses, uh, such as all chronic diseases at this point, um, you get really defensive about it because, you know, people get angry and said, so, you know, what are you saying? That I did this to myself? You know, I want Well, yeah, I am saying that you did it to yourself, but you did it unknowingly. And, and that's... That's where we're trying to get to. It's not like anybody would want to do such damage to themselves or their children or anybody else. We feel there's no need to feel guilty about that, but we need to feel empowered to do something different. And I think that's the message. I think for me, my first step was accepting the fact that I was addicted to food. That's what I had to do. I mean, for me, that was a mental block that I didn't want to accept because I labeled, I looked at an addiction as a weakness in people but not realizing that, my goodness, I was incredibly addicted to sugar, to sweets. That was my big downfall. And first of all, I have to accept that before I can begin to, to look at myself a little more clearly and realize I better see this for what it is and begin to take care of it. And that's why, you know, I didn't want to see myself in that way, but that's the way it was. Hmm. You know, the way it could easily be if I want to go back. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's, um, and I think that's part of the reason why do some doctors do not share this message because they see themselves, right? Like, well, I don't eat a plant-based diet. I have cheese addiction. I'm a closet cheese eater and things like I was. Um, and that means that they would have to change. So that's hard um, to look into the your face and say, wow, or you have an issue or whoever you are has an issue. Um, so which brings me to the title, because I've, I've had a few people ask this. How did you get the title, Eating You Alive? I mean, where did that inspiration come from? That was all Mary. That was Mary Lady. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I can't take credit for that. Somebody had to accept the craziness. But, you know, literally, uh, when, when you talk about a process, you know, <laughs> we sat down, all of us, in, on the team. This is how we do, do it in our team. We all sat down and we just drew out ideas. We were really brainstorming, looking to land on that title that would be attention-grabbing, uh, something that would draw intrigue you know, but have meaning, you know, and so we all threw out a ton of ideas and just started going through and narrowing them down, narrowing them down, narrowing them down, 
and until we landed on eating you alive and in all honesty there were a couple of members on the team that weren't really crazy about that title at all i think it grew on them um, yeah. but uh it was really meant to be a double entendre you know you could take it both ways and, and that leads people to interpret it and to whatever perspective is intriguing to the most you know yeah. Uh, for some people who love horror, you know, <laughs> eating you alive probably intrigued them from like, oh, I wonder what kind of craziness is going on there. Um, from people who are looking at it from a positive perspective, you know, you literally can eat things that bring you to life. And uh, so it, that was kind of fun. And it, it was kind of fun to see how people responded to it and reacted to it. We, we got a lot of comments, you know, both sides. <laughs> some people not so much and then you know that's a terrible title and then others loving it a lot i think we actually asked the all the, phys all the physicians like the title they all understood it obviously yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and sam uh, samuel l jackson yeah. when we did his interview you know we asked him about that and he acknowledged that some people might look at that and think it sounded like some sort of zombie movie uh with some colorful language of course added but uh, <laughs> he's so funny yeah. but but he he was the one that said but this is about eating yourself to life you know and so he he got it and uh, i appreciated that he saw the positive perspective of that and uh, so he was awesome well that's a great segue into some of the interviews that you guys had tell me about some of your favorite interviews or the moments that you remember um and really feel that have an impact for people um, when they're watching the, the film? Uh, well, for, okay, for people being impacted by the film is one thing, I guess, things that impacted me, uh, you know, I don't know that I could solo out one particular, you know, for me, honestly, in a, in a very selfish way, it was like a, uh, a personal journey of, of just a tutorial from all of these doctors, you know, that have so much knowledge to share and so I'm getting a first row seat to, uh, to learning what I need to do for the rest of my life to keep my health in the best possible condition. So it was, it was a culmination of all that that was, that was so special for me. But I, I do have to say that, and this is Mary's doings, but Dr. Barnard was the first physician that came along and said, I'll do this. I'll be, I'll be interviewed for the documentary. At that point is when we got pretty excited and realized, okay, we may be able to get, because we wanted the Mount Rushmore, we wanted the, the rock star doctors for the ones that are familiar with this lifestyle. And so when he said, okay, he was so kind, so generous with his time. And, uh, and again, sitting and listening to him talk about things was so just uh, confirming to what we had heard in, in Forks Over Knives and these other great films. And, uh, so that was just, that journey was so, so good. Yeah. Very really cool. And I, I think I think one of the more touching uh, interviews for myself was uh, with Susan Weinick. Mm. Um, you know, listening to her story, and I don't want to give it away for those who haven't seen it. She had to come to the theater on April the fifth, you know, to catch her story. <laughs> but but literally, I think listening to her story for me myself, of course, I'm probably more uh, <clears throat> vulnerable to this anyway. But I was in tears, you know, uh, because there's so there's so much, food is an emotional thing, you know, aside from anything else, I think the enjoyment we get from food is because it taps into our emotions, it connects us with people and, and memories and just, you know, situations and experiences and friends and, 
I, there's so much that's that's tapped there and and to the opposite as well i mean things that are bad experiences that are bad traumatic events and things then we medicate with food you know so uh, food is such an emotional thing but sitting there and and hearing her journey and her story and how emotionally um just heart-wrenching it was to find herself in the situation she was in and what it meant to her family and her husband. And I, but I think the worst, <laughs> the worst part for me, the part that had me using up the whole box of Kleenex was to sit and talk with her husband about how it had impacted him, you know, and, and his take on that. And uh, so I think that was probably one of the most emotionally touching stories for myself sitting yeah. there and, and interviewing. And Susan, it's not in the document. I don't think it's in the, I don't think it made the, the film, but but Susan, she lost her father and he was 58. He just had a heart attack during the night and, and dead right there. And just really, uh, it tore us up as she was sharing her story. But it's, yeah. yeah, she was very, she's she's great. She is just absolutely, do you, you know Susan? Yourself? I don't. I don't know. I think we're friends on Facebook. They live in Canada. Do they live in Canada or uh, Washington? They're in, uh, they're in New, New Jersey. Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. I think. But you should interview them because they're awesome. Oh, she uh, is. Right. Her story yeah. is phenomenal. There are so many people. Yeah, and there's just, oh, there's. Not enough hours. You could be doing this 24 7, and there's not enough hours. Yeah. I would say that some of the more fun, you know, the, just the just the fun. Uh, interviews for us as well was uh, Pen Pen Gillette. He's a he's a kick in the shorts, right? Yeah. I just, Dan Dan Moskala from Canada. They were great, and his story is so powerful. Dealing with cancer, that was yeah. very impactful yeah. for us. And then and then too, speaking to some of the other aspects of the benefits of a healthy plant based lifestyle. We're talking about disease reversal mostly because that's the door through which we walked. You know, we came to this message through the door of health. And, and still feel like that could be the most powerful connector uh, for our planet. If people would do it because they realized they could reverse their disease, we would no longer have a health crisis. Not here, not anywhere. You know, that would take care of that, that issue. And, and that would also solve what, what some of the other benefits are that bring other people, you know, to the table. And that's like through an environment. I think Susie and James Cameron you know, environment was what was really the key for them. And, and it was really great to sit and talk with them and interview them and have and listen to, you know, the basis for why they're so passionate about this message. Um, they're veritable walking encyclopedias of statistics and data and yeah. information. And, 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 you know, Susie started Muse School, which is a 100% plant-based school there in Calabasas very cool place. I mean, like amazing place. You wish every school could be like that. And, and it, it could, if we all just demanded it, you know, that's such a great example of what can be done. And then James is so just an incredible brain, you know, incredible mind uh, engineering. And he's got all these, you know, things that he creates and innovates and whatever having to do with the environment, how we can take care of the environment. So it was kind of a really well-rounded education we received you know, as we went through this journey and, and produced this. It is, and it's, it is very dense. <laughs> you learn a lot. It's and it's, um, cause I've seen it twice. So I, I'm excited to see it again. We're going to see it on April 5th, my husband's birthday too. So that's even more excitement. Aww. So 
tell us, so you had a little hiccup with the distributor and hence the year kind of different thing, but now we're really coming out in 600 theaters, April 5th. So tell us how that came about. I'm very excited about that because we have a, uh, a mutual friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fathomets is, is uh, launching at 600 theaters. And thank goodness to Dan Burgess came along, our executive producer, and really has uh, has helped bring the film full circle. I mean, he's really helped bring it around to where I think now we're going to be able to get uh, the platform out there, the message out to the, to the masses in the way that we've wanted to be able to do from the beginning. That's just when when you make some. Uh, some decisions. Sometimes you get into a situation or relationships that aren't the best for the film. But now, finally, I think that's that's taken care of. So we feel blessed to have that on board and have to promote the film the way it is. You know, I think it's really unusual, actually, for you know, in the in the film industry, uh, to have an executive producer that is so keyed in and so involved, you know, intimately involved and passionate about the message. About the message. And since his own life was changed, you know, through a whole food plant-based diet, I mean, there, there's a level of connection then and team, you know, feeling a team that I think most filmmakers would be incredibly envious of, you know, if they were to be able to know they could have that relationship with their executive producer. And for that, we're just incredibly blessed and we're so excited for projects, other projects moving forward. Because Eating You Alive is not the last one by far. It was the first certainly not the last. So we're looking forward to, to the new projects we're putting together. I've heard a little bit about your projects. It's very exciting. So Dan, who I just interviewed last week and talked about, and of course we have mutual friends because I work with him on the journal and it's kind of interesting how this all comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it's really cool. Yeah, there's great things. Yeah. It's so wonderful. So I did have a question. So when you were creating this film and this whole time and you're seeing this, did you ever think that lives would be changed like that? I mean, it's one thing to get your self-education and you're thinking, did you ever start thinking about like what the audience ripple effects would be? I mean, cause I know I never really thought about what I was doing with the patient was be right in front of me. For example, last week I got an email from an old patient in Colorado who helped a, a friend of hers. Um, after we, I had helped her transition to the diet who reversed her lupus, lost 108 pounds. And now this person's helping other people. So I'm just like, astounded that is just it never ceases to impress me or humble me with this message and continues to push you know my energetic to keep moving and going forward did you ever realize the profound effect it could have that i'll just go quickly that's i mean that's the that's the goal we had that's the dream we had that's what we wanted because again we knew how much it impacted us personally so you know we were filmmakers, so that's all. That's what we could do. So that's what we did. We had no idea whether it would see the light of day, whether anybody would ever see it if, when it was finished, if anybody would care to see it. <laughs> but you, know, you just you do it, and so uh, there's not words to really express the grateful, how blessed that I feel, and I merely can speak for myself, but how blessed I feel to to get emails back and to to hear from people whose lives have been changed, even if it was just my family that that see the film and they decide, oh, yeah, this is interesting. I think. Yeah, but but it is. It, it's absolutely amazing and far beyond what, what we ever really dreamed that it would, that it would be. I mean, also, so 600 uh, theaters across the country. Can you give us an idea? Okay, with the website, I mean, of course, I'll put the links and everything, but go ahead and can you share with the audience where that is and what they should be looking for? Absolutely. 
EDUlive.com. Obviously, you can find locations on there and links to, to purchase tickets online in advance and, and all kinds of other good things. There's research material on the website and recipes. It's a great place to stop um, as you're looking for other things as well. And then fathomevents.com forward slash EDUlive as an event is where people can purchase tickets as well. I, I think we're on Fandango and everything else because we're, you know, 600 meters is a lot, actually. I think that's considered a broad release as an industry standard. And I believe this is the first time a film of this nature has ever seen that broad release theatrically. Uh, and I think it's a sign of the times. You know, it's it's not about us at, at that point. It's not a pat on our back. I really think that it, the timing is right. People are hungry for answers and solutions. And so this is coming at the right time when people are more open to it. So I really think that we, we believe this presents an opportunity to the plant-based world, to the people who've already discovered all the benefits, to come together as a united front and invite the larger community around them to be introduced to the lifestyle in this way, and then to offer themselves up as local resources there to all the attendees. We, that's what we really desire for an event like this. Amazing. That's incredible. Um, yeah, and I'm so excited to be uh, a part. I don't, I didn't approach the theater where we're going. I'll have to ask and see if they do Q&A afterwards. I'm not sure. Um, but as far as, you know, I've kept you guys almost an hour. So <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to share here with the audience? You know, you've had some great, um, crazy year, but it's going to, it's ending on an amazing note. Well, this journey, I guess, is just beginning. Honestly, it seems like it was kind of building up and then, wow, this is incredible. Like you've never would have expected. Is there any final maybe advice or suggestions or anything, you know, people I think should definitely buy tickets in advance and bring a friend and bring a family member that you would like to share this incredible life-saving message with anything else? Uh, you know, I, I don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to jump all in. You know, I mean, for the people who are coming to see the film, I know there's a lot of fear attached to making changes, no matter what those changes are, you know, whether you're changing a job or changing places that you live or whatever, there's always fear attached to that. This is one where you need to try and push through any fear because there is so much waiting for you on the other side. You're going to be unbelieving about how good your life can be with this one small change. And, and I would just encourage people to keep an open mind and don't be afraid to jump all in. Mm, that's a good one. Anything else, Paul? Yeah, for, for me, I mean, I always tell people that, you know, health, if you don't make time for your health, health will make time for itself. So you have the option right now to kind of uh, embrace making a change just for a short period of time. Don't look at it for the rest of your life. Just, just make the change for for two weeks, that's nothing. You know, just make it two weeks and see, see what you feel like. And if you like the way you feel, it's probably gonna push you a little bit further, a little bit further. And next thing you know, you're gonna be like me and you're gonna be four years downstream and wondering, I haven't been McDonald's in four years and, and it's great. And so, you know, it's, that's what happens. And I just want, I want to see everyone do that. You know, go whole hog, no pun intended, but go all the way with it. Just for at least two weeks, three weeks, You'll love the results. If you don't love me, go get a steak. Do whatever you want to do. It's your life. But at least give it a shot. That's what we, that's the message we want to convey to everyone. And hope that they'll come see the film and just approach it with an open mind. You know, I'm not, we're not trying to push anything on anyone that they have to do something. 
It's for them. It's not for me. It's not for anyone else but themselves. Mm. I think that's fantastic advice. Go all in, no excuses, just do it because really they don't know what's on the other side until they actually experience we can tell them all we want but they have to really you know eat the right foods and see what happens it's literally two weeks is great i love to see three to four weeks because i really think people can get over the hiccups of someone just can this can i do this every day and um i will say athletes young people old people everyone can benefit this is has zero negative side effects i've been doing it for six years with many 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 patients as many other doctors have and never had one negative effect and only positive. Every single patient's been positive. No drug can do that. So I think, yeah. I think that's exactly right. There's, there's not very many guarantees like that for sure. I agree. There's certainly <clears throat> nothing else in medicine like it. And um, I do want to say thank you again for taking time out of your day and um, sharing your, your fun story with us. And I can't wait to see Again, the more ripple effects. You guys are going to be inundated <laughs> with emails after 600 theaters. I hope you have some personal assistance to help with that. And where do you think we're getting all our great stories for the next one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. that That is a great idea. That's fantastic. So, absolutely. <laughs> so, second serving. That's what we're going to call it. What are you going to second serving? The second serving. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, that's great. I love it. You guys are good. You guys are really good. <laughs> we have a lot of fun with it. So, you, know. <laughs> you guys are always so fun to talk to. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you again. And I appreciate you both. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks thank for you having us. Thank you for having us.